0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Double Coverage Podcast. Stacey Blackwood here with Jake Thomas. Jake, how's it going tonight? Doing good, man. How about y'all? Doing good. Uh, well, we got a couple of things we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, obviously, we're kind of getting down the back stretch of the uh, college basketball regular season, and, uh, you know, album's coming off a, a two-game winning streak since the last time we've recorded a podcast They got... A win Saturday at home against Vanderbilt, and then then went on the road got a got a big win against South Carolina, who was who had played well in conference play. So that that was a good win for the pro or for the team, and to kind of get back on track and 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 kind of help their positioning when it comes to the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, it's uh it
0: was a good game. Uh, like you
1: mentioned, um, uh you know south carolina they they didn't have a good overall record, but their conference uh like you said was really good they was uh nine and five at that point uh, nine and six now um but uh the the team to me played uh played a little bit better uh on the road than they have they have been lately um of course our kid point guard is just just amazing i mean i I would hate you know we say it all the time, but I hate to see what what this team would be you know would be like without him because he's He's been the difference maker this year for us.
0: Yeah, no doubt. He he really is. He's, uh, it's, it's really unbelievable what he's been able to do. We've talked about his age all year long. I mean, just 17 years old, but he's really the, the leader of this team. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, Dante Hall's one of the and, and Riley Norris are kind of the veteran leaders, but, you know, Kyra just seems to have that effect on the game where, uh, or you know he's really a positive impact for this team, and really he's exceeded the expectations of like we probably I think we mentioned last week of you know really even the coaching staff. So yeah, uh, he, he's he's been a key uh, factor for this team, and, and like you mentioned, I'm not sure where the team would be without Kyra Lewis this season. And you know the, the road win against South Carolina and and the win against Vanderbilt, uh, it was really you know about the defense. Yes. they give up 61 to Vanderbilt and 62 to South Carolina. You're going to win a lot of games when you only allow you know low 60s in scoring. So, and we've been talking about it the, the defensive intensity had not been there. And, yeah, uh, it's been there the last two games, and, and it's really showed. And you know, late in the ball game, uh, Alabama had a four point lead with about two and a half minutes to play, and Riley Norris gets the steal and, and the dunk on the other end. That kind of sealed the game for Alabama. And uh, you know, like like I said, it just started with defense, and uh, they can bid on that. They're they're obviously a better team on offense. Uh, but home, they seem to shoot better there. So, looking forward to to getting back, you know, in the friendly confines of Coleman Coliseum to to take on a obviously a really talented LSU team.
1: Definitely, and uh, uh let's see, uh, dot uh, com. They have uh, put a little. Uh, like a little breakdown of the LSU game coming up tomorrow, and uh, they uh, they have like uh, like a like keys to, to victory type deal, and mm-hmm. um, and one of the, one of the things um, that they said is of course um, avoid the hangover and uh, take care of the basketball. That's another thing. The uh, other game, the South Carolina game the other night, you know, we had 15 turnovers, a lot for us to to be. You know, better at you know reducing turnovers, and uh, you know I, I feel like we can't beat LSU with fifteen turnovers. Uh, no. And the and the other thing was uh, they pointed out was protect the rim and force jumpers. Uh, you know, last time uh, you know, when we played LSU, of course they they killed us from behind the three point line. So I'm hoping uh, we can we can change that. And of course we was at LSU that another come to us. So uh, I, I think we'll be all right.
0: Well, you know, and to me, the, the biggest – obviously, turnovers is, is obviously one of the biggest factors in tomorrow's game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But rebounding is also going to be big. I mean, you're, you're yes. talking about two of the better rebounding teams in the SEC. Uh, LSU's averaging 38 rebounds a game. is averaging 37.4. So, you know, that's, that's really close. Uh, I really liked Alabama's chances before, uh, you know, when Tremont Waters was out. But now they're saying that he's going to be able to play. Yeah, the last two games, so that that obviously helps LSU tremendously. You know, that's sixteen points and six assists, and uh, you know, he actually he leads the I think he leads the conference in steals per game as well. So mm-hmm. he's obviously a really talented player. You know, they got a lot of young guys like Naz Reed, who's the beast, both uh down low and on the perimeter. He's capable of hitting the the, the jump shot and the three pointer. So it, LSU's uh, you know ranked number thirteen for a reason. You know they're they're twenty three and five overall, thirteen and two in conference play. So you know they're one of the better teams in the country. They, they, I think they'll probably be about a three seed right now. Yeah, uh, when it comes the to NCAA tournament time. So uh, you know it, it's a tough matchup. Alabama has the dudes to to compete and to beat LSU. It's just a matter of like Jake said, uh, uh, taking care of the basketball, and also uh, you know making sure you uh, protect the rim rebound the basketball and, and play and play tough defense. Obviously they're they're gonna make shots. Oh yeah. But you gotta be in position. And that that's what I've I've liked most about the last two games. The offense hasn't been great, you know, consistently, but mm-hmm. the defense has played with a lot of energy and effort. Yeah. And uh you're
1: talking about rebounding, you know, uh it seems like Dante Hall he gets a double double every game and and him being a big guy, you know, we talked about how he needed to uh, to get more involved in the off, on the offensive end and uh, he had 15 points of the night and uh you know we also talked about he needs to play about 30 he played 28th of the night so he's around that, that time or that, that time frame and um, and we won the game so uh, like I said need to get uh, hall going early uh, on the offensive end and um, i I want to get your opinion on something you know John Petty off the bench was doing awesome, and now he's come back as a starter, and he's been kind of, kind of struggling shooting here lately. Uh, do you think, you think his, I mean, he's a great player, you know, but is he better effectively off the bench than he is as a starter?
0: So you think that Herbert Jones is no. be moving back in? John Petty, his shooting will come around. I have, I have no doubt about that. But the he has had the most impact. On the game, on the last two games, out of all the games this season, other than maybe the Tennessee game, Mm -hmm. simply because of his defense and his rebounding. Yeah, I mean, over the last three ball games, he's had ten rebounds, six rebounds, and six rebounds. So I mean, you're talking about a guy that's getting you, uh, you know, seven rebounds a game at the guard position, and he's also facilitating the ball really well, averaging three assists (laughs) a game over the last few games and uh i i just really believe that he his impact defensively and on the boards and the the thing about him being able to rebound the ball is that with his ability to handle the ball he can grab the rebound and run and how oh, yeah plays a lot better when they have a guard that's able to rebound the ball and push and transition and you know get an easy easy layup to you know somebody like Kyra lewis or you know you know drive and kick out to, to tevin Mack or or to Dazon, to Kyra, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: maybe even uh, hit uh, Dante Hall running down the middle of the floor for an easy dunk or lay-in. So Mm -hmm. I think Petty's impact on the game is uh, more on a defensive and rebounding side, and eventually his shooting will come around. He's not – I mean, over the last two games, he's 0-7 from three, and uh, he's 1 of 12 from the field. So – that's going to change. He's not going to shoot like that. I I actually am looking forward to him having a big game tomorrow. Yeah, a, more of an all around performance tomorrow, and uh, I I think he might be the key to victory tomorrow for Alabama.
1: Yeah, he's um you know like you said, he and when he's not scoring, he's doing other things to to make this team flow, uh, offensively or defensively. Like you said, um, the rebound has been great, and uh, you know he's had a he's a uh, had three assists the other night. And he also went three assists, uh, free throws, which is not really good. But, you know, that that's another, another thing for me is we've got to make free throws when they're given to us. And uh, uh, I think the team has been better here a little bit lately. Um, but, um, you know, 63.6% uh, the other night against uh, South Carolina, that's not really, you know, a high percentage on free throws.
0: No, the the free throws is obviously <clears throat> something they're gonna have to improve on. And we've everybody's been talking about that all, you know, forever. Yeah. It just seems like they're they're cursed, uh, when it comes to free throw shooting. And uh, you know, they started out I think it was like two of seven or two of nine from the free throw line. So they 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 did make their free throws kind of down the stretch that kinda, yes. that kind of helped them seal the victory. But uh it uh the, the free throwing free throw shooting is really frustrating you know they uh they have guys that can shoot the ball really well like there's no reason John Petty should be you know below 82 to 85 percent in free throw shooting I mean Mm -hmm. that's a good shooter yeah so it's just it's frustrating to see the free throws and and, you know Kyra and, and Dante and Dazon are really about the only guys that you can rely on from the from the free throw line, you know, on on a consistent basis, anyway.
1: Yeah, and you know, Ingram didn't even make uh, get to the free throw line the other night, so uh, you know he only had two points as well, and but he only played sixteen minutes. But yeah, he, he was
0: he was injured, you know, and he didn't and didn't yeah. come back, and and you know he's a game time decision tomorrow, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it, it, I, I'm not sure what they're gonna do. It'd be nice to have another guy on the, uh, you know, be available. So I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if they'll maybe try to insert, uh, AJ Jr. more or, or what they'll kind of do. But I, I, like the way, you know, something to point out over the last couple games, Avery has really shortened the bench. He's really yeah. been playing about eight guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Galen Smith had to play the other night because they, they had foul trouble with Giddens and, and Hall. And, uh, then also, uh, I believe, um uh, I believe, uh, was Herb Jones had some foul trouble, maybe? I, it yeah. was, was, it was Tevin Mack, Tevin Mack. There was, no, it was Herb. Had, you know, had four fouls in the game. So it was, uh, mm-hmm. Avery had to send in uh, Galen Smith, but, you know, yep. Giddens has played really well. He has. Uh, he's knocking down jumpers. That, I mean, if he can get you any points, mm-hmm. that's, that's a benefit for Alabama. So anytime he gets on the board, that's, that that's big. Uh, I would like, would like to be able to play tomorrow, but you know, we'll just kinda of see what happens tomorrow. You know, every set today it's a game time decision.
1: Yeah, and uh, you talked about Gideons. Uh Giddens, I was gonna say, you know, he's in, he's improved a lot here the past couple of weeks, it seems like, and uh, he's getting a little bit more playing time than uh Gannon Smith is. But uh I, I I'm glad that we shortened the bench a little bit. I think playing like all them guys was kinda of hurting the the starters per se. And uh, but but since he's uh, since Avery Johnson uh, has, uh, you know, cut the bench a little bit, seems like we're playing more uh, team basketball than we had in the past.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, like Herb Jones the other night, he, he played 24 minutes, but he only had two shot attempts. Yeah, he, he was one or two from the free throw line. Uh, he did make a jumper, which is it's always good to see him make a jumper when he shoots with confidence. He's a very capable scorer on offense. I just don't – it's it, it's obviously a mental thing that he's dealing with right now when it comes to shooting the basketball because he's, he's, you know, hovering right around 49% from the free throw line, which is just it, – it's just not very good. He's only made three pointers on the se- – three three-pointers on the season. So, you know, it's just uh, – it's hard to gauge Herb Jones on the opposite <laughs> end. Uh, you know, obviously he's a pretty good facilitator of the basketball. Think he's having like two assists a game right now, but he had three the other night. You know, it's it's just about you know each guy kind of playing their role on the team, and, and they seem to be figuring out with the bench being shortened. You know what what what's expected of each.
2: Yeah, and
0: uh, you know we talked about um
1: you know Herb Jones. uh You know he like you said what we said earlier. He's a uh, Like, when he had had the ball in his hands, he's a good uh, facilitator, like you said, of uh, of the ball. And uh, it just seems like lately he hasn't been able to get uh, the charges like he was early in the year. Uh, You know, he had four personal fouls of the night. But um, uh, I think he'll continue to improve, and I believe Norris as well. Uh, I believe Norris can come out to bench more and have a big game.
0: Yeah, uh, Norris is, is, you know, he's really been a consistent player this season, for the most part. I mean, he's had a couple games where he hasn't, you know, performed, but, you know, over the last three games he's had 11, 9, and 9. I mean, that's yeah. that's very good for a bench player and, and a role guy like, like uh, Riley Norris. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he just brings a different type of mentality. He's that veteran guy who's going to give everything that he has, and uh, you know, like like Jack mentioned, he's he, he, he has a chance to play, play a pivotal role tomorrow in, in the game against LSU. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know we talked about shortening the bench, but but one guy I would like to see a, a little more of, he hasn't played in the last three games, and, and one of those was because he, he was sick, and that, that's Alex Reese. Yeah. Alex Reese is one of the best shooters on Alabama's team, and, and I, I know he's, he's struggled the last you know month or so, but the first month or month and a half of the season, you know, he was playing really well and, and was probably our best bench player. Yeah. So I would really like to get – Alex or uh, yeah, Alex Reese back going and, uh, and hopefully, I mean, he's, he's a talented guy. He's a good shooter. He's, he's an 80% free throw shooter. Uh, He's 34, 43 from the free throw line this season. So he's 32% from the three point line. So uh, he, he's a guy that needs to, I think needs to get on the, uh, on the court. I know he's kind of a liability on defense. He's not a, a great rebounder for a big guy, but he can stretch the floor on the offensive end and, uh, and, and I think, I think uh, to get some, you know, more firepower on offense, it's important to get Alex Reese back on the court and, and back in the swing of things to, to kind of take this team to the next <laughs> one.
1: Yeah, um, and, and one thing that, that actually concerns me is, you know, Sacramento shot terribly the other night. They only shot 30%, 30.8% from the field and went 21.1% from uh, the three-point line. And they only lost by six. You know that, that kind of concerns me a bit. Uh, but but we did talk about how, how Alabama defensively has stepped up here lately. So um, tomorrow, I I expect Coleman College Center to be packed out, and uh, and I, I, I think that we can uh, we can make some noise, and and I believe that we're gonna we're gonna pull the upset tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I, I I feel pretty confident about the game. But that's when you feel confident about Alabama basketball. That's usually when they let you down. So <laughs> right. Uh, but I want to do touch on Alex Reese for one second. The first couple months of the season, yeah. he had four games where he had ten plus points. He had a he had a twelve point game, a fifteen point game, a fourteen point game, and a nineteen point game. Mm. Since January 8th. he has not scored in double figures. Oh wow. I, I think it's important to get him back going. Uh and actually the last time he scored in double figures was uh when we played LSU in Baton Rouge. He played eighteen minutes, uh and uh had twelve points and four rebounds. That's really he he was six of six from the free throw line and two of four from the three point line. So so maybe he's got a good matchup in that game and, and maybe he can get back on the floor tomorrow and, and contribute to this team and, and maybe help them pull the upset.
1: Man, I hope so. That's that would be huge, especially uh, I think the we got three games left, and two of them is at home, right? And, uh, and uh, the other ones against Auburn. So uh, if we could win our last two home games, that would be awesome. And you know, Arkansas is kind of a middle of the road top team this year. So you know, it's always hard to go, especially in college uh, basketball, to go to away and win a game. Uh, we've seen that this year, but um, you know, if, if I think if we win our last two home games, uh, we'll, we'll be fine.
0: Well, I think if Alabama wins tomorrow, that would probably solidify their tournament, uh, you know, getting a a, a seed in the tournament. But I do – I mean, it would have to be – they would have to lose, you know, catastrophically against Auburn and Arkansas to to even probably be put out of the tournament. Yes. You know, if if they get a win tomorrow, they would have wins against LSU and Kentucky. Oh, yeah. are you know, two of the three best teams in the conference – Plus, they have a pretty decent non conference uh, wins. And so that would get them in the tournament, I believe. And, and then the, the last, you know, they have a chance to revenge your loss to Auburn at home. Yep. Uh, I think it's Tuesday night mm-hmm. uh, against Auburn uh, at eight o'clock on ESPNU. And then, like Jake mentioned, the, the last regular season game is, is next Saturday uh, at Arkansas. So, uh, and that's always a tough place to play. And Arkansas will, will probably really be battling to try to get a win to, to, to maybe strengthen their chance of getting back on the bubble, depending on what happens tomorrow with them and, and the next week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because you never know what happens when it comes to SEC tournament time. Everybody can go on a run. So, uh, oh, you know, I... all, the next three games are tough, but Alabama has a chance to, to really solidify their, their NCAA tournament chances tomorrow with a win against LSU.
1: Uh, and uh, I know you, uh, you, you study it more, uh, a little bit deeper than I do, but um, explain what the, what the Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2 uh, win-loss means. And I know Alabama is good in both of those
0: categories, so uh,
1: explain to, uh, to people what, what that means in our tournament hopes and stuff. Well,
0: right now I believe Alabama is 10-10 uh, is and 10 in Quadrant 1 and 2 games. And I believe what quadrant – see, let me, let me pull up Alabama real quick. I, I don't have the, the stats right in front of me. But uh, uh, Alabama, the way they do it is I think if, if you if you beat a, a net ranking team in the top 30 at home, that's considered a quadrant one win. Okay. And – uh, uh, I can't remember all how all the quadrant ro- works, but Alabama has a really good record, but against the quadrant one and quadrant two teams. And, yeah. Uh, the whole the hate I hate the way they. I, I don't like the quadrant thing. It's kind of. It's kind of yeah. crazy the way to do it. Yeah. I wish they. Uh, I wish they would just kind of not have that, but it it is what it is. It's hard to it's hard to explain it really.
1: Uh, But but Alabama's good in both categories.
0: Yeah, but Quadrant 1 wins are home games versus teams ranked in the top 30, neutral games against teams in the top 50, or away games uh, in the teams in the top 75. And a Quadrant 2 win is a home win between uh, 31 and 75, neutral floor 51 to 100, and away victory 76 to 135. So – uh, those are really the two main ones. I don't think Alabama has any quadrant three or four losses. I could be wrong on that, but I don't believe they have any. If, I think the, maybe the Georgia State game is, is, a, is a quadrant three loss. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, you kind of caught me off guard asking me that. So I didn't have this, this stuff right. <laughs> but, uh, Sorry about that. <laughs> so that's kind of like the gist uh, the, uh, the of the quadrant you know, one and two, and then there's quadrant three and four, and you don't want to, you don't want to be in the quadrant three and four, <laughs> especially in the loss column, <laughs> especially in the loss column, and and the quadrant three and four wins really don't do much for you when it comes to uh, the NCAA tournament. They're really looking at what you've done against the top teams, and that's that's where they pull the quadrant one and quadrant two from, and uh, that's that's really how they judge a team how well they played against the the teams that are. In the quadrant one and quadrant two category,
1: and and I don't know it. You know, I know they probably don't base it uh, as a a loss as a good loss, but I mean we still only had like a three point loss against you know Tennessee at Tennessee. So you know that that's got to that's I don't It don't mean nothing, but I mean still we we have we at the time we took the number one team to the limit at their at their home court. So you know that that's pretty big. In my Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't know if they fact. I don't think they factor in, you know, close losses to to superior teams or anything like that. But right. uh, you know, it's it's just kind of one of the ways they they judge. And uh, you know, like one thing that's kind of frustrating though is that uh, Alabama, you know, some of their their worst performances has been in the last you know couple weeks, and uh, yeah. That's, you know, that, that, to me, the worst, the worst game of the season, other than the Georgia State game, Mm -hmm. uh, was the Florida home loss. The home loss to Florida, not because you get beat, because you get run out of your own building. That's just, yeah, that's what bothers me about it. And, And, you know, but, you know, it come to find out Florida's really on a roll. They're playing really well right now. Yeah, uh, they're they're one of the better teams in the SEC right now. So maybe it wasn't as bad as what it seems, but yeah, that was definitely not a game that Alabama should have lost by eighteen points. I agree. But in uh, another thing to look at is, is Alabama has, you know, it, it kind of depends on who you look at. They're in the top twenty in strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in the top fifty, and you know, if you there, there, you know, like we, we've mentioned, Eric Haslam on Haslam Metrics, uh, he's got them with the. Uh, with the 14th strength of schedule, their record quality is 46th. Uh, so, you know, they, uh, uh, you know, they, they have a pretty good resume. I mean, it's, it's not just a spectacular resume, but for a team that's 17 and 11, they got some really good wins and, uh, a win tomorrow would, uh, to, in my opinion, almost solidify a, a spot in, in the NCAA tournament.
1: I agree
0: 100%. But, uh, before we before we sign off, we kind of want to talk about obviously the big free agent signing uh, this offseason season with uh, with Bryce Harper signing with the Philadelphia Phillies for was it thirteen years three hundred and fifty million or three hundred thirty <laughs> million?
1: Yeah, three hundred thirty million. That's insane.
0: It, <laughs> you know, the money is not what's insane to me. I mean, obviously the three hundred thirty dollars is insane to me. Yeah, but the thirteen years is what's i just that's unbelievable to me no kidding giving a guy 13 million dollars i mean 13 years uh mm-hmm. on a 330 million dollar contract that is uh that's uh <laughs> yeah you know, they're they're making a, a pretty big gamble in my opinion
1: oh yeah and and they're banking on you know the team having success while he's there which i mean i i think they will I mean here's here's a little uh, a little snippet of the Phillies offseason they traded for Gene Segura who's a Mm. really good player uh they signed Andrew McCutcheon yeah he's on the you know pretty much the last legs of his career but he can still be productive especially if he's got some uh you know some protection uh in front or behind him uh signed David Robinson he's an he's a great uh relief uh pitcher they got JT Rilamuto who's a who's probably the best catcher in the game uh maybe him or Yadier Molina uh, with the Cardinals, they extended Aaron Nola, uh, their best pitcher, and they signed Bryce Harper. I mean, the Phillies, I guess they banked this. They told their fans this offseason, we're going to spend money to make us an elite team. And by goodness, they have done it, you know. And and that's that's insane, you know, what they have done this offseason. And just Oslo and Kate was a Bryce Harper deal.
0: Yeah, and and if I if I understood correctly, it's it's all guaranteed, right?
1: I believe it is. Yeah,
0: and he gets a what a twenty million dollars sign on bonus. Is that what it is? Yeah, and no no uh,
1: trade out no trade clause. There there's you know it's it's he's gonna be there thirteen years, right? You know, and <laughs> he's only twenty six, so you know, so he's gonna be like nearly forty when when his when that's up. I mean, mm-hmm. that's crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean. I, it's it's almost the craziest contract in sports history. Yeah. The, the, the crazy one is, is the Bobby Manilla one who who still gets paid once a year. <laughs> you know. Yeah.
1: Like <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah that's, oh my gosh. That is just. And, so and fun. You
0: know he will still be getting paid uh, when this Bryce Swapper deal is over. Yeah. I didn't see that? That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> But, you know, well, hey, I, I mean, good for Bryce Harper. I mean, if, if if they're willing to give it to him, then he's worth it. You know, people talk – I hate when people say nobody's worth that. Right. Because, I mean, when you look at it from, from uh, you know, a personal perspective, do I think that any person is worth $25 million a year? No. No. The person who's giving them that money, if they think that, then, ov- then evidently he is. right? So yeah. – uh you know good for bryce i'm I'm happy for i you know i'm I'm indifferent to bryce over i'm neither a fan or a hater I, i'm indifferent to him he's right just, he's a heck of a baseball player my my preference in right now though is mike trout i think mike trout's the best player but uh that's just my opinion <laughs> but uh yes. and, hope, and he- ho- hopefully ozzy all will be uh will be up there and uh yeah, guys for the brace
1: <laughs> yeah um ron, uh, ron racuna junior yeah. of course yeah um and uh talking about a uh, trout you know his contract's up in 2020 so that's when he comes on free agency so we'll see what goes there but here is the, the... he might get a 15 a 15 year 400
0: million dollar deal
1: <laughs> i know you never know but here is the look at the the potential you know 2019 lineup for the phillies you're gonna have cesar uh hernandez the second baseman you know he's He's a good, quick uh, young guy. Uh, Gene Segura, you know, we talked about him. He's a really good uh, shortstop. Mm-hmm. Br- Bryce Harper. Uh, uh, Ray's Hawkins uh, mm-hmm. for them, you know, he was a great young first baseman for him. JT Real Andrew McCutcheon, Dale Herrera, and Mikel Franco. So, I mean, that team is loaded. And, you know, they still got, uh, like I said, uh, Aaron Noah and – Jake Arrieta in their uh in their rotation,
0: so yeah. Um, but a- after that, it's a it's a pretty average rotation. It is. It so is. that that could be the only, the only thing that could keep Philadelphia from maybe winning at all. Yeah, they'll they'll, pro- they'll probably win the East. Yeah, but it it's still going to be hard for them to win a championship with that rotation. In my opinion, I could be wrong. You know, they got you know, like Jake said, Aaron Nola and Jake Arrieta, and I think what Vince. uh the less Valesque, or yeah his name nick pavita and zach Eflin. so yeah uh, you know they're they're all just you know you know average you know everyday starters you know um last year uh Velesquez was nine and twelve with a 485 era so you know that's not i mean that's not really ideal <laughs> mm-hmm. uh i don't know how many if they're going to go with a five-man rotation but uh i'm assuming they will but uh if they, if Arietta and uh and Nola are the only guys, you know, that's really gonna you know, guys that you can really count on. hmm Uh that that I think come postseason time that that could uh cause them some trouble. You know, yeah. chasing uh, chasing the championship.
1: Oh yeah, because uh, you know, you you can almost guarantee that uh, Nola and, and Arietta is gonna, you know, the in a three or four or five game series you can almost guarantee that one of them is going to get back up in a crucial spot if it comes down to it. But you can almost guarantee those two guys are going to win their, win their games. But, you know, you got three that's kind of iffy, you know, so it's going to depend on, you know, if, if they, you know, wild card, you know, on you know, the wild card now is set up for, you know, one game and then you're in. So, but I mean, if, if something does happen, I mean, me and you both are Braves fans and, you know, I've been I've been harping on them. You know, all all offseason about the kind of season they've had. But if something does happen, and they do win the East. Phillies win the wild card. Well, they got to play in. And I mean, I, I believe you can put out Aaron Nola and Jake Arrieta against anybody and win that game. But but the rest of the time, you know, you're gonna have Nola and Arrieta. After that, you don't who you don't know who you're gonna put out because you can't trust anybody. to Get that third and fourth win for you besides them two, you know. Right. So. You know,
0: and, and the Braves rotation is obviously going to be a big question mark. We know about Fulton and and, and and I think Sean Newcomb is, is, is you know, destined to be a really good starting pitcher. I think he, he can get – uh, he got 12 wins last year. So, yeah. I think he'll get at least that again this year. Maybe even, you know, maybe 14 or so. Yeah. Uh, who knows what, what you're going to get out of Julio Teron. You, you right. never know. It's uh, he the potential's there to be to be a really great pitcher. Yeah, it just hasn't hasn't come to fruition for him. And the, of course, uh, Tuki Tassan, the the young guy, I think he'll probably be the last spot in the starting rotation. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll see what he can do. You know, the twenty two year old guy from Coral Springs, Florida. You know, he was two and one last year with a four point oh three ERA. So we'll see. I think he's got tremendous potential. Everybody thinks he's got tremendous potential. So. You know, I, I think I think the Braves really have potential to have three guys that they can really rely on. Yeah, I'm telling you, starting pitching is to me is is still, you know, a lot is a major part of the ball game. Yeah, uh, I agree. And and as far as the lineup goes, you know what you're going to get out of Freddie. You know what you're going to get out of Ozzy and, and Ronald Acuna and. I'm anxious to see what what uh, Markakis can do, and and obviously Josh Donaldson, you know he signed the big the big signee for the Braves this off season. So, you know that's that's really coming up. The the let's see when is the when is opening day? I, I've looked at that earlier today. It's it's in uh
1: it's like the first of uh, April I believe. Yeah,
0: I, I I know I I looked at the date today. Yeah, I can't. Remember. I actually think it's the last one of the last. I think March 28th is is opening day. Now yeah. I'm not sure that's when the Braves play, but I know that's when uh when opening day actually happens. And I uh, actually all all thirty teams are in in are playing on March 28th. So, oh wow! So okay. that's opening day. So that's so you're talking, you know, four weeks. Yeah. You know it's 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 right around the corner. You know, and we'll be bringing you that as as we bring the podcast and kind of keep you – track mostly it's going to be about the Braves, but we'll talk about you know kind of the highlights of each each week of what's kind of happened throughout the major leagues and obviously the nba playoffs are going to be starting soon and uh i think there's what around 20 games left or so in the regular season so and we got the masters coming up do what yeah and the masters are coming up real soon yep so uh there's a lot of stuff happening uh you know march madness the, the selection sunday is march 17th so yep just a couple of weeks away from that. So we can't wait to bring it all to you. Uh, like, like always, we appreciate the support so much. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at, at double cub underscore pod. Uh, and use the hashtag DoubleCoverage when, when you tweet at us if you have any questions or comments or whatever. Uh, you can follow me, Stacy Blackwood, at Blackwood89. And I'm at uh, JTH DoubleCover1. So, uh, you know, give our podcast uh, Twitter feed a follow. Give each of us a follow. And uh, we hope you all have a good night and a a good weekend. And uh, we'll see y'all next time. See y'all. Roll Tide.
1: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are
0: drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: You know when you're listening
2: to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them.